I'm Meg. And I'm Tev. And this is Coffee with, with Meg, Meg and Tev. Tev. Two weeks in a row. Killing it. That's good. That's Nailed good. It. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We're super excited about this topic. It's something that um, has been on our hearts for about two months now. Literally. Literally waiting for us to, to do it. Um, but we're going to be talking about this topic and kind of a title of Picture Perfect. What's, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think picture perfect, Meg? Social media. Yeah. Everybody's That's Instagram good. feeds. Yeah. I think just culture in general right now is obsessed with this idea of making everything picture perfect and make everything look. Absolutely. I think... I mean, social media allows us to give you guys our highlight reel. I'm guilty of it. I don't know of anybody who's not guilty of just like showing the best. And I think there's been a lot of conviction of trying to show the kind of ins and outs of your life. But um, I think it's kind of tough for social media influencers to navigate the balance of it, of, of how much to show and how much not to show. But I think a lot of times every single one of us in some sort of way or fashion is guilty of uh, really showing the best parts of our lives and almost creating a life that um, isn't actually ours, isn't actually what it looks like. We're not actually happier. We're not. I saw a meme the other day and it literally, I promise you, I scream laughed. It was somebody who was like looking out. It looked like they were in a tower or something. They're like looking out over the horizon. And then they like zoomed out of the meme and it was like somebody, it was like, oh, it's like about traveling, like, traveling like when all your friends are traveling and then they had a legit stool on their head but they had somehow made it look like they were it, i promise you i was scream laughing they were like sitting outside in their yard with like a stool on their head but they got the right angle i think you had to be there type of thing shut up Tevin. i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna show kidding. you the meme after this okay. i'm gonna post a link to the meme and you guys are all gonna laugh with me yeah i think when it comes to that i think so many times and like you said we're both guilty of this but i think it's I think people are also scared to show the real side of their life. hundred percent. The things that they're going through or the things that they're feeling or struggling with or battling with. And, um, and it, it's sad. And we kind of want to attack it from that angle of it's okay to show the real you, the, the real side of things, the real life. I, I know for myself, something that, I mean, I do it for a living. I get to share my story. And if you've heard it before, it's not, this glorious story it's yeah a lot of pain a lot of hurt a lot of brokenness on my part on my family's part um but it but it's who I am and it's it's made me who I am um and I don't want to hide that and I don't want um I don't want to convince myself that I have to hide that so that people think that I have this perfect life together and um I mean I even I find myself guilty of that in so many different ways of um, even when it comes to day-to-day stuff, struggling with anxiety, depression, sometimes I'm scared to even open up to my friends about it. They know that it's what I do for a living and it's things that I deal with. But when it comes to the real battles, um, sometimes I'm scared to share it because I want people, I, I, I don't even know if I want people to not know, but it's, I'm scared to share it with them. I think it's just an insecurity that many of us have of showing the real us. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, um, I wanted to like pull up one of my favorite verses and, uh, I think it's one that 
I have to intentionally keep in the forefront of my mind because I went through a long season and period on social media when I was really going through a really dark, dark, dark season of my life. Um, but I had to do it when a lot of people were watching. Um, and so I just really made like sure everything else just looked perfect and everything was fine. It was no big deal. Um, everything stayed really, really surface. And I lost the connection with a lot of people that um, – I'd grown to love and become friends with on social media. And so um, that verse is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I think as believers, it's really like a charge to us. And I I really do love how when you study the context of God's word and you really start to dig into it it's so relevant for today it is not just this like thing that like people did back in the day and it's so irrelevant to our culture like no 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 no. like that is for us believers to say hey listen I'm gonna talk about my weaknesses I'm gonna talk about where I failed I'm gonna talk about the seasons of life where Jesus had to literally come rescue me because all it does is it points to his glory and his goodness and his power And so I think it's so important for us to boast in that and to say, hey, listen, I like, I mean, I suck. I suck without Jesus. I think I'm passionate about writing. I think I'm passionate about speaking. And that's something I want to do in the long term. But actually right now it's, I'm kind of what I'm doing for a living. It's, it's on social media. I share my heart and I, you know, find myself writing these long captions sometimes but it's usually just God's word and and it's to just show hey listen like we're all human and we're all like are in desperate need of a savior and literally nobody's perfect and I was telling Tevin like I don't really want to start this podcast and really go down like the rabbit hole of like comparison and and what social media does for us but I and I don't want it to be I don't want this to be about it because we've already talked about comparison in the past yeah but i think this one is kind of the same idea with our perspective in mind and it's it's really what we're accountable for right so it's not creating this perfect picture of our lives because bottom line is it's not perfect there's the only one perfect thing in this world is jesus and and he walked this earth and he lived a perfect life and he's perfect now and so i think um I really like want to transition and to the topic of what Tevin and I were talking about this earlier is that um, along with a lot of people trying to portray this, oh my gosh, here's this like perfect image of my life when it's not actually that way at all, um, is how many times in this idea of us trying to portray this perfect picture that we've misrepresented the gospel and we've really misrepresented who Jesus is. And I know a lot of people um, that I talk to regularly have had a horrific experience of, of who Jesus is and, and the encounter that they had with the people who represented his name. Um, and so I think really moving forward for the rest of this time, Tevin and I really want to talk about um, – kind of trying in a very short and condensed way show you guys what Jesus looks like and try to maybe help if there was ever any um, misrepresentation that you've seen in your life of, of who Jesus is. Yeah, and, and on that topic of also real like letting people know that one of the biggest things when I invite people to church or I talk about church, I always hear, oh, I couldn't go there or else mm. that place would burn down. <laughs> Um, 
or people having this view of God that is of the church, I, I would say of the church, which then represents God of saying, oh, no, they wouldn't allow me in there. Or I have had bad experiences in the past. And and if that's been you, I want to apologize on behalf of all Christians Amen. that the church is made up of broken people as well. And we don't represent God the way that he should be represented. Yeah. And so I want to kind of paint that picture of who God is, but also let you know of no matter what your picture looks like, no matter what your life has looked like, the past, the present, um, what you're dealing with or walking through right now, that God wants you right where you are. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need you to have this picture perfect life that so many Christians try to portray um, or even act like sometimes. Like He wants you in the midst of your struggle, struggles and He's not going to give up on you just because you struggle. And, and I want to even challenge Christians and and let you guys know that even with what you're struggling with like God wants that still even in the midst of maybe you've just gave your life to Christ and you've fallen or maybe you've been a Christian for so long and you find yourself falling again and again like it's okay he's not going to give up on you ever and that's the whole point of of sending Jesus is because we're never enough by ourselves but I I want I think I would argue this, that one of the biggest reasons um, people aren't willing to get to know Jesus or give him a shot is because they have the wrong picture of who he is. Absolutely. And I always like to think of it this way. Imagine that you're a valet guy or um, a chauffeur and you're you're supposed to go pick somebody. And you're supposed to go pick somebody up at the airport. If you have a picture of the person that you're supposed to pick up and you have their name, you can find them and Absolutely. they can find you. But imagine if they just if they just gave you a picture of that person, it might be a little harder. They might not find you, um, but you could still do it. Or if they just gave you a name, they could find you. You might not notice them, but they'll come find you. But I think a lot of times when it comes to people's view of God, they neither have a picture, the right picture of him, or a name. So imagine if they gave you a wrong the a picture of the wrong person and the wrong name, you would never find that person. And I I think so many people have the wrong picture of who God is and who Jesus is and some people have that picture that he's this man way up on a mountaintop and he's sitting down, looking down on us, judging us for everything that we do wrong. And he's like, "Oh, they're just messing up." And and he's this this authority that we can never be in touch with or have community with. And he's just judging everything that we do. Or maybe we have this picture that, that he's way up and there's this huge staircase and he's at the top and we have every work that we do or everything that we do right gets us closer and closer to him. Um, Or maybe he's this just angry person that, that doesn't even want to talk to us because of all the things that we've done wrong, or he's this judgmental Christian person. Like, and we get these wrong pictures of who God is. And so many people don't want to get to know him or, or aren't willing to have a relationship with him because they have the wrong picture of him. And I can't, I can't blame those people. Right. But what we, what we can do. And if you're out there listening, I want you to understand that God is this picture of this person that is so loving, so graceful, so merciful, that wants 
you so bad that he sent his son to die a brutal death on a cross that no matter what you do, what you've done, he wants you in his family. And just imagine that God is this person that he's outside the door of your heart and he's just sitting there and he's just knocking on it and he's knocking and he's saying, Hey, whenever you're ready, I'd love to come in. He's not this God that's going to force his way into your life. He's not this God that's going to kick down the door and judge you for everything that you've done wrong. He's this graceful, loving God that wants to be in your life. And he's just sitting there knocking, waiting for you to let him in. And I think that so many times we have the wrong picture of God or we portray the wrong picture of God to people. And it's so hard for people to want a relationship with him because of that. And, and so I just want you to know that if you're out there and maybe you've had the wrong picture of, of who God is, or, or maybe you've grown up in a church that says you have to do this, you have to do that to, to have a relationship with him. And if you don't know these prayers, or if you don't know the right things to say that, then nothing's going to work. That's just not the case. And that's not who God is. That's not what the Bible says. Um, and so we want you to know that we want you to know that he wants you right where you are that he loves you in your broken state. He doesn't want a picture perfect version of you. Mm. He wants the broken version of you. But the thing is with that, he loves you way too much to keep you there. Absolutely. And he wants to change your life and he wants to bring um, blessing into your life and he wants to love on you and he wants to be there and walk through every battle, trial and tribulation with you. And so I think that as Christians, we need to start portraying a better picture of who God is a correct picture of who God is absolutely but we also need to let go of that picture perfect version of ourselves and stop making it seem like we have everything together yeah and I think the thing is too you guys and one thing that I feel like Jack and I talk about this a lot um especially lately Jack and I have been doing a very like heavy intentional discipleship book um with a couple other friends and one thing that we've been talking on a lot is that God is a father and not like a father that has like walked out on you and left you. Um, Like if you've had a bad relationship with you, with either one of your parents, like I want you to like rid yourself of that image of God. Um, Think of him as like a dad who cares deeply, deeply for you. And so in that we have a, I, I like to think of like my parents or, or the way that I love my girls. Like I am imperfect I am literally like, a, I fail as a parent. I fail Manuel. I fail the babies, but I love them so much. And so with that love comes an abundant amount of grace. There's literally nothing, nothing that my kids could do that would ever cause me to not love them ever. There would never be. And, and if they ran or if they decided to like pack up their bags and and run away from home like guess what I would be on like a relentless pursuit for them and so if they're doing something right absolutely I'm going to do whatever I can to encourage them and come alongside of them and if they come to me and say mom I messed up there's so much grace there's discipline because it's parents and we love them um but it's always out of love and that's the thing is I think Sometimes even in Christianity, the the pendulum swings either it's all grace and no discipline or all discipline and no grace. And I think we need to remember that God is the perfect balance of both, that if there's anything 
he wants to rid us of, it's because he loves us and he wants us to be the absolute best versions of ourselves so that we can go out and serve other people well and show what it looks like to love like Jesus. And I think it's so important as believers that we don't get caught up in the politics of it all. We don't try to figure out what does it say about this and what does it say about that? I mean, God's word is so clear. When Jesus is talking to the disciples, he says, you can do all the things in my name. Like you can heal the people. You can lead them all to me. You can do all these things. But the bottom line is what sets you apart? The greatest thing that you can possibly do is to love others. That is going to be what sets you apart and what what people are going to know you by, that they're going to know your mind simply by the way you choose to love them. So I think we need to stop trying to like get caught up and Satan wants to tell you as a believer that, um, you know what, like if you share what you're going through or if you talk about your weaknesses, he likes to make us think that there's safety in the dark and there's not, there's not, it's not safe there. It's, it's a place where he can have like a heyday and keep you in bondage and keep you in silence and keep you in fear. That's why like when you're little, sometimes you're scared of the dark. There's freedom in the light. There's truth in the light. And when you can just humbly say, this is what I'm going through. These are things that I wrestle with. These are areas of my life that I want to improve. Um, people relate to that. People are like, man, I same here. And then you find yourself in a place where you can pursue holiness together. And that's the thing is I think what what the word of God is talking about that. Hey, listen, I'm going to boast in my weakness because that is where God's power is going to be the most obvious. Mm, That's so good. And it's just like spot on. And I think, like you said, there's so much power in weakness and relatability in weakness. And I think that chains can fall off when you acknowledge them. Absolutely. And when you let God take care of them yeah, and hand them over to him, like I always imagine that when Jesus was on the cross, he's got his arms spread and he's hanging up there. And I always envision myself at the, the foot of the cross just saying, God, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And Jesus is there the entire time. He's like, give, give me that pain. God, but I'm ashamed of what I've done. Give me that shame. Yeah. And while he's up there, he's taking every single thing, every mistake I've made, every piece of shame that I have, every pain um, and sin that I've brought on myself, that he wants it. And he wants the same for you. He's saying, give me your shame. Give me that, that sin. Give me your past. Whatever it is, he wants it. He wants to take those chains and that bondage on himself. And that's why he came so that we could let go of that and give give it all to him so that we could have a relationship with God. Um, and so there's, there's so much power in that weakness. There's so much power in giving um, the chains and the bondage and the pain and the shame and the past and the mistakes and the sin over to Jesus. Yeah. And it's, it's all just a part of your testimony. And I think that's something that's so vital and important to remember is that one of the greatest tools we have is our testimony that's spoken about in revelation. And so being able to share that with people 
is uh, another way that's going to point that to Jesus. Because I can't tell you how many times Jack and I have talked to somebody who's wrestled in their marriage or they've had issues and Jack and I can come alongside of them and say, hey, listen, we've been there. Like we we get it. Let our story be a testimony of what God can do Mm -hmm. um, because he's faithful in that. So um, we really hope that you guys find some encouragement in our podcast and um, that you feel like you're not alone and that you feel inspired and encouraged to go out there and share your story and uh, maybe revisit what it looks like to truly follow Jesus. And maybe um, if you don't know Jesus, say, hey, that Jesus, that one you're talking about, I'm really interested in getting to know more. Um, Tevin and I would love to talk to you. We would love to to encourage you, um, point you in the direction of a great church in your area, community. Yeah. Man, life cannot be done alone. So, um, yeah. We love you guys. Peace.